Welcome to Picking Up Chicken Wings, where Amy and I talk all things nothing in an attempt to connect Stride staff. Today, we have Miss Katie on with us. And I have to say already, um, I'm super excited because Katie, I, I am honored that I feel like I've gotten to know you a little bit more closely the last, now this is my second year at Stride, and I've noticed something about you that you kind of, um, you are able to basically run the run the school um but you are so quiet we we don't hear from you it's like you are one of those powerful leaders from the side who without you we wouldn't know what to do um but i think often because you aren't out in in the front sometimes you get overlooked and i think just i'm going to start off with saying thank you thank you and i know a lot of people um share their gratitude towards everything that you do because it's we don't see, we might not see it and so then therefore we might not realize just the amount of effort and time and energy and everything else that goes into your all of your roles so thank you well thanks and i will say if i if something happens the school will run if i'm not there <laughs> so uh the school run and function and so many people play an important role so it's it's it's, it's many many brains and bodies but you're also um, super humble <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of keep to my office, but I go out and about sometimes, and you know, say hi to the teachers. And when we are in person, um, I get to see the kids too. Sometimes I have to sub for meetings or half days or what turns into full days. Um, I'll go in the cafeteria and clean up from lunch. I'll, you know, Miss Amy might be at lunch, and I'll put a bandaid on a finger that I don't really even want to look at. Um, or I'll be on the, the playground for recess. So I'm kind of all over, but mainly I kind of stay, stay in my little cozy spot, which right now, actually, I'm in a very cozy spot. I locked myself in my bedroom because I have a six-year-old who is just nuts right now. So I just needed a little peace and quiet without his sweet little angelic voice in the background. <laughs> you forgot sometimes my kids with lice get to hang out in your office while they wait for their parents. That's true. That's true. And that's... <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't even, I, I'd put on a hazmat suit for lice. I mean, some people think COVID, nope, I'm full hazmat for lice. That's just disgusting to me. And I know what happens and it's sometimes unavoidable, but oof. I've had puking kids in there too, which uh, I mean, I have puked in there because kids are puking in front of me and ugh. Uh, okay. I know I was so, I was so excited I was like that's one of the best things about not like probably one of the only best things about not being in my office this year is there's no lice yeah. so I was able to cut my hair really short because I usually don't because I wear it up and I was like I can cut all my hair off because I don't have to wear a ponytail because there's no lice that's true <laughs> so, that's true yep happy so, times uh, so uh, just talking about all of the different things that you do it it actually dawned on me that you are picking up chicken wings like you are the epitome of what we we set out to do and we talked about you know the idea of the idea of picking up chicken wings that are somebody is discarded after slobbering all over nobody really wants to do it but you know that it's only going to happen if everybody pitches in and everybody recognizes that maybe it's not my role but because I'm part of this team or I'm part of this community um, that I I kind of feel compelled to help out with that and and so then it kind of like when you say 
you could be in the cafeteria or you could be in the nurse's office or you could be subbing or you could be, you know, it just, you, you are, you are picking up chicken. You should be, you're a mascot. You are our I, I can, I mean, I have, I could put on like a chicken wing or something costume and just, you know, yes. mascot for yeah. sure. You but can, I also think that many staff members answer. play that role. I think many people do. It, it's, it's, Again, I, I love this staff because so many people do so many things. I mean, you look at anybody and everybody kind of picks up each other's slack and helps each other out. And a lot of times it, it, it does go unnoticed, but um, a lot of times, you know, it, it also doesn't. So mm -hmm. I think everybody with a small staff and the small field that we have, everybody just helps each other out. We need an extra body on the playground to monitor kids. Head on out there. Hey, maybe Mr. Fleege needs an extra body to help with uh, fitness testing. Somebody will go in there. So I think everybody just helps out. And that's what's amazing about Stride. Katie, do you want to talk about what your position was prior to being in your office? Because we have a lot of staff that maybe don't even know that that's not where you were not long ago because you've just fit right in there. So yeah, yeah. So um, I think I started in December of 2015. I was, uh, I worked out in Royalton, which was awesome. Um, but I had Jack in 2014 and at about a year old, I, a little, maybe I would say postpartum set in maybe sooner, probably than a year, actually, if you ask my husband, but, um, <laughs> and I was driving 40 minutes each way to work and I used to love that because the way home pre having a kid, I could kind of decompress and think about the day and listen to some music and just kind of be in this set place in my mind where I could decompress for that 40 minute drive. Well, after I had a child, that great part about decompressing wasn't so great anymore because I would drive home anxious, waiting to get home to my child the weather would be awful and my 40 minute drive would turn into over an hour. Um, Amy, you probably know that now living in Little Falls. Um, yeah. And I just, I couldn't get home soon enough. But then when I got home, I was like, oh, great, I'm home, but uh, now I have to parent and it's, it's a tough balance. So I just found that driving that far was not ideal when I had a one-year-old. And so um, I was looking on EdPost and I saw this position for a building substitute teacher at Stride. And so I applied and interviewed and they said, we'll get back to you in a few days. Well, an hour later, they called me and um, they said, would you be our building sub? And I said, sure. Well, you know, you didn't really say what that entailed. And they said, basically, you'd come to work every single day. Um, and you may sub kindergarten that day. You may sub seventh grade or eighth grade. Um, but you wouldn't have any work that you'd have to really do at home. You wouldn't have a far drive because by the way, from my garage to stride is a four minute drive. So sometimes I don't get to decompress and then I kind of kick myself like, ah, but, um, so I started out as a building sub and I was a building sub for that year. Uh, so I started in December of 2015 was a building sub the remainder of the year. And then the following year, same position. And they actually hired uh, Miss Skudlarik as another building sub. Um, so there was two and she kind of took the younger grades subbing and I took the older grades and that's what we preferred. Um, and then on the very few days that I 
wasn't needed anywhere. I wouldn't say wasn't needed, but that I wasn't teaching. Um, they had trained me in the office and kind of said, hey, why don't you help out with this or that while, um, while uh, we need you in the office? And I said, sure. And then at that point, um, the, I guess over the summer, Eric and Diane started and I didn't really know if I still had a job or not or the same job. And um, I think I just kind of got moved to that office position and, and that was fine because I know the middle school was cut as well. So there probably wasn't really a need for, for two building subs. Um, so now I've been in this office position and occasionally I sub and, and not recent, unfortunately, but um, so yeah, just kind of a, acquired this position and took it upon myself to learn Skyward and all that other fun stuff that comes with with the territory. That's awesome. Um, so you have one of maybe the most broad perspectives on all so many different roles around the building. And I know you say again and again that, you know, everybody, everybody pitches and everybody at Stride here uh, takes it upon themselves to be sure that they're offering and, and, and helping out. Um, but with you, you have, you have so many different experiences from so many different roles. I think that's one of the, one of the coolest things I've always thought, okay, so I taught, I have my principal licensure. I, I would really like to be able to see what it looks like to be a custodian you know and I think I think to be able to really understand the system of a school in its entirety it would be really neat to have somebody who says like you I I've been that and maybe not you know for longer periods of time but you can see you can step into other people's shoes in in their roles and and really have that experience I think that's a really neat thing um that is very rare. Not a whole lot of us can do. So I'm curious, and you don't have to answer this, but when you were talking about like all of the different roles, um, I think, like you said, a lot of times things, they, they'll get recognized, but a lot of them won't and they'll get overlooked. What might be a position or role in a school setting that um, maybe sometimes is taken for granted by others. Like it's considered not as difficult or complex. And I know every job is gonna have something, um, but what's something that either you've experienced or you've noticed about a role um, in a school setting that might be more tricky than people think? Well, first I'll say every <laughs> every role is is difficult in its, its own way. I mean, Tara's, God bless them. They are that extra set of eyes, hands, ears, everything, and they do so much work. Teachers, bless them as well. I mean, there. I mean, there. There's nobody that yeah. that I could even or one job that I could even say, you know, isn't getting the attention or recognition it deserves. I will say though, this is just a humorous thing. Um, those canvases that are on the walls around the building of the students learning. Um, my husband took those pictures probably four years ago. And so one hard job was hanging up the canvases that I would say <laughs> a janitor maybe would do. Um, I took it upon myself and Rochelle actually helped me, but man, that was some dang hard work. Space them this amount of feet apart, this amount of 
feet from the bottom, these inches from the top. It was ridiculous. And make it level. <laughs> yeah. And, and make it level, which is nearly impossible. So that, that was, that was a chore that was tough, but um, it made me appreciate our janitors a lot more. And oh, as I'm looking, you know, to hang these canvases, I'm looking at the walls and gosh, so many scuff marks. So the people who paint in the, in the summer, I even think, my goodness, you, you do that work as well. So um, many, many, many bodies make up the way that our school runs and it runs so well because of it. Mm -hmm. Those canvases are the bane of my existence in my hallway, like when I'm standing out <laughs> in the morning, because all the kids are like, so many of them are just tall enough to just grace them sometimes with a backpack or a coat. So they'll all be cockeyed in the morning. So then I walk through and we straighten them all. And I always told like always the teachers, like I need to have a level in my pocket. Cause it just, the long hallways, I love the way they look, but I'm always like, hey, I know. I know. <laughs> See, and that's a two. I didn't even have time to put two nails in the back of them. Like one and done. That is it. It's as good as it's going to get. <laughs> Amy, when you said that those canvases are, and at first I'm nodding for those of you that can't see, I'm like, yes, they're beautiful. Like I'm thinking she's going to go and say they're beautiful. And they are, I think that's one of the things that I noticed just when I first um, was hired and would walk through the halls and everything. I love that there is representation of our students on our walls. So if they're the bane of your existence, I'm sorry about that, no, Amy. I, I do. I love walking by and seeing so many of the kids that have like gone on and graduated or moved to different schools. There are some days where I walk by and I think, wow, we should really switch these out. You know, like we should really put new ones up and man, I've seen this picture so many times and you know, and then I think about it and I'm like, oh gosh, like that's the last piece of some of our students in our building. And so I will look at them and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I remember that time with so-and-so student when she threw up in my room or whatever awesome story I have. And then I think, oh, I hope they never get switched out because then that, that student's not here anymore and they'll be gone, you know, forever, their little piece. So yeah. I do, yeah. I, I do have good thoughts about them as well. Yeah, and I have, and I don't know if I should admit this, but I will. Um, some kids that I've left, I have sent home a canvas with them uh, with their picture on it. Like, here's a party gift. We loved having you. Have a great rest of your educational life. That's right, because so cool. yeah, that's such a good, I've had parents that have said, you know, like walked through on conferences and they're like, oh gosh, look, stand in front of your picture and get your picture taken because they think it's so neat too to walk by and see their kids smiling and learning and you know like there's some really great ones with kids helping out other kids and kind of leaning over and like how awesome would I feel as a parent to walk in and see my kid being such a good uh, role model for another student or having such a good time on the playground so yeah for sure so Katie, I'm going to kind of segue into, we've been talking about Stride and your role at Stride and your history of coming into that role at Stride. And I'm going to, I'm going to get personal with you. Oh, I boy. know, I know, right. I know you are a pup lover like me and many, many other staff members here um, that have dogs that frequent the backs of their Zooms <laughs> and everything else. Um, can you tell us about your pooch? Oh, Yes. 
So my dog is the absolute love of my life. I mean, I, you know, my kid ranks pretty high up too, but my dog is number <laughs> one. And I don't know if I should say that, but I had him first. So. <laughs> well, um, he's your first baby then. Yeah. So I got married at 25 and my husband, John and I, we did not want kids when we got married. We were both in education. My husband actually works um, for Benton Stearns. He's an early childhood teacher. Um, we both kind of were in education and thought, we don't really need kids. You know, we didn't want have them all <laughs> in education. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I said, you know, I want a dog, but I want to be free as well. And a dog really ties you down on the weekends. And I have family who can dog sit, but my parents are in Duluth. My other sister's in Duluth. I have another sister in Hugo. Um, John's parents are in Woodbury. So it's not like I can just say, let me drop the dog off at your house for the weekend. They tie you down. And at the time we really like to do things and go places and camp and, and glamp and all that other fun stuff. So, um, my husband's cousin lives in North Dakota and he does construction and he was on this construction site building a house him and his crew and they saw these two little Brittany spaniel puppies on the construction site now the house they were building was on a reservation and it was kind of in the middle of nowhere there were no other houses it was just this one being built in essentially a field these two puppies were running around for three weeks just cutest little things ever um, and his cousin would give him food and water every day. And his cousin said, well, you know, I really want to keep one because they're so dang cute. So he sent John a message and he's like, Hey, John, you wanted a hunting dog, right? Well, we found these two at this location and they don't have homes. There's no tags, no colors, nothing. It was like they were dumped off there almost. And so my husband says, Hey, do you want a dog? And I said, no that will tie us down. I do not want a dog. No, we've talked about this. So then uh, John's cousin sends him a picture. Yes. And I see the dog and I said, yes, let's go get him tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked closer at the picture and I looked and I thought, there's something odd about this dog, the way he looks. And then I look closer and I thought, oh my gosh, he's winking at us, John. Like it's meant to be, he's winking in the picture. And then John goes, uh, no, he's missing an eye. I said, oh, okay. Well, that just makes him even more cute. Yeah. So we, uh, we said to John's cousin, can you just take this dog to the vet, make sure it's healthy, it has its shots. And the cousin did take him to the vet and the vet said, unfortunately, where it was found with its brother, um, that is a place where people dump the dogs they don't want. And it's so sad. And, and so these two dogs were kettle trained, potty trained, and are fantastic with kids. So they had some training. And so why these dogs were dumped off, I don't know. If that was even the case, we don't know. But uh, the dogs were brought to the vet. The vet checked them out and said, they are great. We, we said, you know, how old do you think they are? And, and the vet said about three months old. And we asked, the cousin asked, you know, this dog's missing an eye. Do you think something got to it? Cause they were out running around on the, you know, in the field. And, and he said, no, it looks too clean for something to have gotten it. I think he was born this way. And um, so everything checked out. We met his cousin up in Fergus Falls halfway and we're trying to think of names. And I don't know why, but we chose the name Toby. 
and Toby it is. And so we've had Toby and Toby is eight years old now. And he is just, everybody says their dog is the best, but I will hands down say my dog is the galding best dog ever. He's just calm and sweet. And if, I mean, if I laid in bed till noon, he'd be right there with me until noon. Um, he doesn't bark. He's not a guard dog. He, he's kind of lazy, which is fine, but he's, he's so mellow. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with environment too. Like I'm mm-hmm. kind of a mellow person and just pretty chill and relaxed. So he is too. And he's just the cutest, sweetest little thing. I will say though, he's gotten a lot grayer and a little bit fatter since <laughs> in the last six years, since this, this kid has come along to cramp his style. But um, the other dog is in North Dakota with John's cousin. They named that one Boo Boo. So I don't know if Toby would recognize Boo Boo if he ever saw him, but Boo Boo has no gray hair. And the cousin that has him is like 25 years old, single. Boo Boo has no gray hair. Boo Boo is very feisty and aggressive. So I'm like, you know, my dog might be gray and missing an eye, but he is just perfect. And I have more pictures of Toby on my phone than I think anything or anybody else. And and that's, that's my buddy. And he would not leave my side during my pregnancy, just head on the bump the whole time. And always looking out growling at people that came near me. So I tell you what, when, when something happens to Toby, oh, that's going to be tough Mm -hmm. to become a part of your family. Yes. Yep. Toby, um, He's always winking. I was curious though, when you had said, you know, that he was super mellow, but that he started to get gray <laughs> since Jack was born. I was curious about how was that uh, reception of another pack member, a non fur two-legged pack member for Toby? He was really welcoming and. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I will say that I thought Toby would, you know, be protective of Jack and lay by his side, but Toby just did his own thing and didn't really care that someone else came into the picture until Jack turned, you know, the age where he started pulling the dog's tail and the dog's fur and the dog's ears. And then Toby wanted nothing to do with them. But now that Jack's nice to Toby, um, it's, it's a better, better relationship. and, And I'm trying to slowly, you know, maybe let Toby try to sleep in Jack's bedroom, but he's still kind of leery of Jack. Hey, I remember that little <laughs> twerp, <laughs> little twerp who pulled my tail all the time or who pulls my ears or who steps on me to get on the couch. So <laughs> I'm hoping it gets better and it's not bad. It's just not like brotherly love. Like I envisioned it. And, and that's fine because I don't know that, that I want Toby to, to get that close. Cause then he'll stray away from me. <laughs> I was just thinking that I was like, he's yours. You are his alpha. So. He is mine. I have snow uh, and Steph, you probably know. I, I send snow many, so many Snapchats of that damn dog, dang dog, because he's just, <laughs> <Okay>. so, <laughs> he's just so dang cute. And I mean, I had yesterday after work, I was sitting outside and I had a little camp chair set up next to me. He's just laying in the camp chair with his head over the side. And I'm just like, could you be any more relaxed right now? You have the life, just the cutest, sweetest thing. And the best thing of all too, is he's never been sick. We've never had to take him to the vet. He's eaten the same food for the last eight years. We don't give him any weird treats. We just give him the same kind. Um, he goes in for his routine shots. He did have an ACL surgery that was pretty traumatic a year ago, but um, other than that, he he's so healthy and good, and and I love that too because pets can be expensive. Mm-hmm. I think I pay a, almost a hundred dollars a month right now for, but mine is fifteen with a heart murmur, hole in his heart, and arthritis and everything else in between. So I know how expensive they can get. 
Yeah, as bad as kids, probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. I knew, um, I knew you had Toby, and so, and I knew actually it was kind of. Can, I love listening to you and I could tell that right when I started asking about the puppy love and you know and Toby it's like here here she's gonna share yes, <laughs> that's yes. worse. so I love that you told the story of how you got Toby and yeah. I think that's super unique that um Toby was born you know as you understand it with just that one eye but he is certainly adorable and definitely definitely loved I can tell oh for sure yes yeah. absolutely Okay, so those of you who are listening, um, we are going to come to our close, but I'm going to ask Katie, I'm going to ask you two questions. They're right, your eyes are getting wide, like I'm putting you on the spot. This is not like what Jess did to us <laughs> last time. But um, just back to, again, the idea of this podcast and being able to have um, you share some of your personal um stories like you did with Toby and then your story about how you uh, came into the role at Stride. Let's close it up with what is for you in your role at Stride, what is perhaps right now one of the most, um, what is what is one of the greatest parts of your role right now? And I'm saying that because I think everybody can think of a challenge or something that's exhausting or something that just sucks for you. What is one of the biggest things where you think this is, this is a good thing amongst all of the rest? Yeah. So I think distance learning is probably not ideal for any of us. Um, we would much rather have the kids in school. Um, and we sometimes don't always think of the benefits of distance learning, we kind of look at it as maybe, oh, this is so much more work, which it is, um, or this, you know, this could be so much better if, but distance learning has allowed for some great things to happen. Um, one of the things that I've loved during this whole time is getting to know the new teachers. We have a lot of new staff members this year, and um, though I don't see them, I communicate with them regularly, which might sound odd, but I get parents who call all the time and, and they say, hey, I, I'm trying to get on the Zoom right now, but I can't. Can you, can you give me the teacher's phone number? And I'll say, oh, I'm not going to give them, you know, I'm not going to give you the phone number, but I'll send the teacher a quick message and I will see if they can let you in. So I'll send these teachers a message. Hey, so-and-so is trying to get in the Zoom right now. Um, can you let them in? And then they do and they say, sure, great. Then it transpires into a conversation. Oh, by the way, I got engaged this weekend. Or they said, and so even though I don't really know these people and I could probably pick out their faces if I saw them, I'm having to get to know them through phone conversations and text messages. And it's kind of fun because it's like, a, what's that show, Love is Blind, where you talk to someone <laughs> but you don't know what they look like. So I've been, you know, making or being able to build these relationships with these people that I really don't even know who they are or what they look like, but I, I, I know maybe what their kids look like because they'll send me a picture or I just communicate with them on a daily basis regarding things um, that their own students might need. So that's been kind of fun getting to learn the new staff members just through text messages or um, things like that. And shout out to the teachers, by the way, because the whole means of communication 
if parents don't necessarily go to the teacher, they'll call the office and they'll say, I, I can't get in the Zoom. So I'll send the teacher a text and 30 seconds later, that kid's on the Zoom and, and they're on it. So those teachers are doing a fantastic job of really going above and beyond to help every single one of their students, the extra phone calls, the extra remind messages. I mean, they're, they're doing so good. Things are taken care of immediately. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, and once again, too, I think um, for you, Katie, you definitely are somebody who, I know you say if you would go away, the job would still happen and the school would still run, but there would be a lot, a lot of mess to work through <laughs> if you were ever to be gone. So thank you for everything that you do as well for Stride. We all appreciate it. Well, thanks. It's, yeah. it's a great place to work. It's a great environment. And I'm sure know everybody would agree and it's kind of nice it's, it's such a small small place that you know it, you can stop and talk to anybody at any time like the previous Allie said and, and, and Sam has said that as well in her podcast it's just it's a great place and it, it makes you want to go to work every day when you have these people in your life so cool. kudos to the good people of stride <laughs> yes yes thank you again uh, Katie for joining us thank you to those of you who are listening um, this to this podcast, we are going to be doing another recording next week with, I believe it's Vicki. And then we have some other people on deck, but if you would like to be on and have a conversation with us, reach out to Amy or me at any time. And we'd be happy to just chat. Take care. Well, thanks you guys. It was fun. Mm -hmm.